In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. The only shooting stick with one-handed trigger pull adjustments has a new way to keep you at the top of your game. The Trigger Stick Apex. Built for sturdy support that adapts to unforgiving terrain with easy adjustments to make your big shots. With our Durasteady three-piece carbon leg design and interchangeable rock-solid clamp, nothing tops the Apex. The Trigger Stick Apex, only from Primrose. Welcome, everybody, to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate you. All right, my bearded brethren, my Vikings out there, been uh, preaching on you for a couple weeks here. I'm going to continue to do so. Uh, check out the beardstruggle.com. They got some great beard products. Um, I'm actually surprisingly digging it on my own beard to the point where I don't know if I'm going to go to my summer goat or not. I really haven't decided, um, but I really do like their product. So if you've never used product before, I recommend doing it. You're going to be glad you did. I don't, even if it's not this product, like just go try it out. But obviously I would prefer if you check out this product. If you do use beard products, I'd be very interested if you try some of these and then let me know what you think. Although I think you're going to really like it. I don't, there's really nothing to not like about it so check it out thebeardstruggle.com at checkout use code fullscale15 and you'll save yourself 15% off that'd be amazing so thank you for that all right let's get to it my guest today is uh i've been following her on uh, instagram she's got 38.6 thousand followers so uh yeah she's got a pretty good following and this chick straight up knows how to catch fish, and she does it primarily out of a kayak. That is super cool. Been watching some of her videos on uh, YouTube, and you should check her out. So Midwest Fisher Gal on Instagram. Her name is Christine Fisher, and you guys are really, really going to like this conversation. I had a, an amazing, uh, amazing time talking to her, so I... Thankfully, she uh, was able to carve out some of her very busy, 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 busy schedule. But she's on the tournament trail, man, catching smallmouth and largemouth bass and uh, cash and checks. So pretty amazing woman, pretty cool story, um, pretty inspiring. So check it out. We got Christine Fisher right here on the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. <laughs> 
here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Fishing today? Um, no, today is a, a, a transition day, getting all my stuff loaded up and all of our gear and heading down to Georgia um, to fish around Altoona. Right on. So we'll travel, getting ready for a travel day. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. You bet. You bet. Uh, carving out some time. You said you had another podcast later tonight with uh, Daiwa? Yeah, uh, St. Croix. Oh, St. Croix. Sorry. Oh. Yep. Cardinal yeah. Sin. Well, no, actually, it's okay. Daiwa's kind of affiliated with St. Croix. Oh, um, okay. They kind of go hand in hand. I don't use Daiwa, though. I'm a Shimano, which is not probably not good, but I'm a Shimano real person. So. <laughs> Shimano's oh, yeah. the St. Well, Croix rods. Yep. It's not that's, a bad combo. It's, it's really not. Um, I fished G. Loomis for years and years and then switched over to St. Croix a couple years ago, but I'm not, I'm not gonna, not compromising my reels. Very I cool. love Shimano reels. <laughs> yeah, I was perusing your, uh, Instagram today and checking out some of your YouTube videos. I, the name, the, is Fisher your maiden name? Is that a married name? Is that a made up name? Cause I feel like Fisher is like, that's not fair. It's, it's not um and there's so actually it's not my um uh, it's not my actual name i got married when i was God, 22 23 and um after splitting up for a few years on and off divorced five years later and instead of going through the hassle of i had passports and cards and everything in my maiden name and i just didn't you know i, I to me it's just a name so i uh and my my ex-husband and i ended on good terms and are you know think very highly of each other just too young of a deal um so it's not actually my name i gotcha it makes makes sense especially if you're yeah. gonna be in the, a public figure i was gonna say because i do know uh somebody here in minnesota he's a, a competition goose caller and a goose hunter obviously and i've had him on the podcast his name is actually david goose like his, that's actually his name. <laughs> yeah, that's, and I'm like, come on, right. man, that yeah. ain't right. So when I saw your last name Fisher, I was like, is this real? Is there two people like this out there? No, no. Unfortunately, that's that's not mine, but that's yeah, okay. My, my name does not roll off the tongue at all. <laughs> that, well, it's not, I mean, not, it's not terrible. Well, the first name's fine. They get into the last name of Luganville, which actually isn't that bad, but when people see it, they panic. It's just too many letters. And they're like, <laughs> like, hey, if you're hooked on phonics, you'll be fine. Just sound it out. It's really, right. really not that hard. That's that's pretty awesome. You just, So have you always done the kayak thing? Like I was watching the one where you are catching smallmouth on Lake St. Clair. Mm-hmm. And Man, that's a big lake. I mean, that that it's that, huge. That, that takes uh, that takes some bravery. Yeah, um, you know, it, 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 with the, the kayak that I've got, it's it's really not too bad. Um, you know, I've been in some pretty hairy weather uh, in situations where I felt like you know this probably isn't a good idea. But I mean, I've I've been all over from you know in the ocean with it and on Kentucky Lake and Gunnersville and I mean giant Cumberland, huge reservoirs. Um, so I, I don't really look at it that way. Uh, it, now, obviously I can't, you know, run and gun and get to cover a bunch of, well, right. I, yeah. I, I, I can cover 10, 15 miles a day. Um, 
That's pretty. That's that's pretty good. That's a lot of miles to be yeah. pedaling. Yeah. Which is better than paddling. I mean, for, I, I oh, have a, sure. I have a kayak. I don't use it that much, and it's a paddle kayak. It's not a um, propeller or what? What would they call that? Um, pedal drive. Pedal drive. There yep. you go. Yep. So yeah, I haven't gone. I have. Well, I already have too many hobbies now. I can't. I can't also get into competitive kayak fishing but i thought about yeah. it yeah so are you on a tournament trail of some sort yeah i i fish all the national trails um bass came out with theirs which got a lot of publicity i fished that first one that they had on logan martin um i do the hobie bos and i fish some kbf but mostly bass and hobie very cool like my uh, buddy in north carolina and he just picked up a, a kayak and he's been Jumping in on a couple of tourneys down there hasn't been doing very well, but you know, at least he's doing it. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a it's an awesome opportunity, and I mean, the competition's incredible, and the I mean, the, the payouts are are really good, and it's 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 so um, accessible for people because it's it's cost effective, and I don't know, I really like it. I've done it for quite a long time, and I, it was something I was able to do on my own, so it was kind of neat. Well, yeah, I mean, it can be as expensive or as cheap as you want it to be. I mean, you can get dorked out with, you know, putting pan optics on it. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and not to mention those pedal drive kayaks are substantially more expensive than, a, you know, just a hop inside, you know, cheapo from Walmart, which you can still catch fish out of. That's You, you know. can. Yeah, I was actually in a paddle kayak. Uh, my fiancé is a, a rep for Hobie. Um and so that I'm at, I'm on the Hobie fishing team and that's what I use now. I think, and, and yeah, they, they're, they're kind of like your Cadillac of fishing kayaks. They're pretty nice. I have, I have seen them They're mm-hmm. They're really nice actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember when the first like, um, promo videos and commercials came out, I was like, what is this? And I'm surprised mm-hmm. I didn't do everything in my power to run out and get one right at the time, but. For whatever yeah, reason, they're... I didn't because I, I that is that's that's too many that hobbies. Would, I, I well, get that. That's for damn sure. But it it does seem like one of those things that I would have uh, gravitated towards, and it did catch my attention right out of the gate. But mm-hmm. thankfully or unthankfully or fortunately or unfortunately, I didn't go down that rabbit hole. I chose different rabbit holes to uh, go down, and yeah. So how how did you get into? So have you fished all your life? Did you grow mm-hmm. up fishing? Yep. Okay. I, I yeah. kind of assumed that, but. Yep, absolutely. Unlike a lot of them out there, this has been, this is a way, has been a way of life of me since I was a kid. Um, I mean, I'm talking like two years old. Um, I, my whole family, we're, we're just generation after generation of serious angler. And you know, I grew up without a TV and we were very or- outdoors oriented. So, you know, at two weeks out of every summer, we'd be up in Minnesota on the boundary waters um, fishing and um, actually my first, when I, you know, we, my brother and I both worked a lot. And when I, I think when I was like 14, I worked two summers and saved up enough money and I bought a, uh, little two seater, um, John boat with a, I think it was like a 25 horse trolling motor on it. I can't remember. I think it was a little Minn Kota, but it was like $700, $800, which is a lot of money for me at the time. But that was all I wanted when I was 14 years old and I bought one and That's we had awesome. it. It was awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And where, where was that? Uh, that's I, I'm born and raised in Nebraska. In Nebraska, okay. Yeah. Right on. That's we just so... traveled a lot to to camp and whatnot. Yeah, your Instagram handle, I believe, is Midwest Fisher Gal. So yes, I, which I ironically, 
I am not in the Midwest hardly at all anymore. I've been That's in the Southeast what, for like two years. When I was trying to put the puzzle pieces together, when I was reaching yeah. out to you, I'm like, I, wait, wait, where are you right now? <laughs> like you were in, yeah. I don't even remember where you said it was North Carolina or something, but you were yeah, ready in to North make Carolina, a move Virginia, and, and yeah, I live on the road. I mean, we live on the road full time. So, um, were you typically uh, before COVID days? We weren't in one place longer than five days at a time. Okay. So it, it's it's nonstop moving. I don't have an address. It's I mean, and are you just are you just um, now is this because of the tournament trail is kind of yep. directing where you're going? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, mostly yeah. And is that how your your day to day you're paying bills fishing? I mean, is that mm-hmm. what? That's awesome, man. That is like yep. That is a lot of people's dream right there. <laughs> like that is yeah, absolutely. That is pretty amazing. And so it's a combination, you... Um, you know, sponsorships and tournament winnings. Oh, and, sure. Yeah. Um, I do some writing on the side, too, just for the heck of it. Um, but, yeah. Right on. And so do you writing for different magazines and that? Yeah, I, I take on I, – I used to do it more often, you know, back before I was fishing on the tournament trails. But I've been an outdoor freelance writer all on the side, you know, just picking up things when I had time for about eight years now. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, all kinds of gear junkie and musky hunter magazine, um, fishing tackle retailer, no, these, outdoor life, all of them. Are these publications that kind of reached out to you or were you just sending them yeah. in and hoping they'd get published? Oh no, no, it was, uh, you know, I've kind of, if you, if you followed my Instagram for long enough, you'd know that I, uh, I, I get kind of wordy sometimes on my posts, like oh, my captions, I, I do a little bit of blogging. And so I just got a bunch of messages from people saying, um, we really like your writing. Who would you like to write an article on this? And then when I write one, they're like, can you write another one? Can you write another one? So I, I, I made um, contacts with a lot of the editors out there um, I've grown close with and made those relationships. And, you know, the last year I've, I've had to turn a lot of them down just just because I, I still have time to write them. Um, right. It's been a little more difficult for me to, to do that. But I do. I love to write. Um, I just, you know. I do, too. I don't get to do it nearly enough. And uh I mean, I shouldn't say I don't get to do it. I probably need to be more disciplined in doing it. So mm-hmm. like on 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 my podcast, I do a like a weekend recap and rant I call it where I just, you know, I basically just I recap what I did the previous week or weekend or whatever, give people kind of an update of what's going on locally in the area, and then for the rant it can be anything, you know, some outdoor news something or other. But I, you know, I usually try to kind of dive a little deep into that and uh i'll do some research and spend some time you know looking at the subject matter so i don't sound like a complete moron uh mm-hmm. when i do it i don't want to be like spreading misinformation or anything like that and i always thought like i really should write this out and it would just be a natural thing to blog because in writing it out it's going to really help me formulate my ideas and like what i want to say and make it more succinct and how to say it and but then I don't do it. So it's just laziness. My only excuse. Yeah, I got you. I hear you there. It, it's not easy. I shouldn't say lazy. It's just, you know, there's a lot of things. I mean, I'm I'm one of those guys that's, you know, from the moment I wake up, I'm I'm doing stuff. I'm not I'm not one to just sit around and stare at the walls. That's not really my style, but Yep, same do, here. There is that burning the candle at both ends thing that happens mm-hmm. sometimes too well how did you make the transition like when did you when did you know you wanted to 
make fishing uh, an occupation? Was it right away? You said you, your family kind of had been doing that for a while. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I always kind of knew that I, that's something I wanted to do. I remember joking with a history teacher when I was a junior in high school and saying, um, I was like, I'm going to be a, a captain of a boat someday, just like, uh, like Forrest Gump. And as soon as I do, you've got to come down and be my first mate. And we made a, we made a bet, um, something like that. So, I mean, it's, it's always been one of those things that I've, I've loved it and I'm wired very differently than a lot of people out there. And the fact that I don't, I did things very differently. Um, my whole family is full of entrepreneurs that kind of think outside the box and kind of make their own path type of deal. So I knew that I wasn't going to do anything that was, I guess, quote unquote, normal or, uh, orthodox traditional. Yeah. traditional. Yeah. Um, and the only really normal thing that I did was I, I worked at a hunting and fishing, uh, retailer shields. You're probably familiar with shields outdoors. Oh, yeah. yep. Um, I worked up in hard lines in the fishing and hunting department and managed the hunting clothing department for five years, um, and sold up there. And so that was, and I love that. Like it was a great, great deal. I was, you know, worked on bows and the archery department and, um, that was pretty sweet, but I just, I just knew that wasn't going to be for me. So after that, one of the gun guys, I said, I just, I need to, I was traveling a lot, like two or three times a month all over the country on these big solo road trips and just trying to just figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and I started teaching Pilates, long story short, just I didn't know what Pilates was, but I knew that I could make good money and make my own hours. And so like, I'm, I'm very spontaneous. One of the guys in the gun shop, my wife owns a studio. It's great money. Make your own hours. And I said, sign me up. How much does it cost? And I paid 10 grand, got certified, flew to Colorado for a year, did that for five years. And then in the, in the meantime, that during that period is when I was able to to start traveling fishing tournaments, you know, putting some content out there because I literally, and I, I was, if I had a, a good push day, like I goose hunt a lot too. And I'd have a good push day and I'd call my eight o'clock client and say, Hey, can we push it back to 11? No big deal. So I literally made my schedule hour by hour and, you know, I could work 20 hours in two days and have five days off or do whatever I wanted to do. And that kind of opened up some doors and, um, when I started competing on the national level, uh, I started having some success there on in the tournaments, and then the sponsorships rolled in, and just kind of made sense to go with it, I guess. And were you reaching out uh, to potential sponsors, or sponsors contacting you? They all contacted me. Okay. I didn't reach out to anybody. It's just interesting. A lot of people have that. You know, they look, you know, like the vast majority of people that are in, you know quote-unquote real jobs and they fish on the weekends and they you know and they look at people that are in the industry and wonder how they can do it and um yeah you know you can't just knock on a door and go hey would you like to give me uh either steep discounts or straight cash to use your product and it's like uh, yeah and you are you know it's like yeah. why would they they don't you're i mean they do that to you know as a way to market their brand and you know, as a, a brand ambassador. So you have to have a network built in. You have to have, a you know, some value to them. Oh, most definitely, yeah. yeah. And a lot of a people lot just of people don't really the wrong see way. that. They, they just, you know, like. No, they just don't want to put the work in. Give me but the that's, money. <laughs> that's, that's simply what it is. There's a lack of work ethic. And there's, it's, the, what, the sponsorship side of it is one of the most um, corrupt, or not necessarily, I can't find the word I'm looking for, but it's, it's flawed severely flawed and people have this misconception that they can they're just going to walk up to companies and 
and just expect cash or product. And it's like, no, you know, for me, and on the other side of that too, I've had other companies reach out to me and offer an exuberant amount of money to use their product. And I turn it down every single time if I don't believe in their product. Right. I've had a lot of companies reach out and offer me way more money than I'm getting right now for my ride company. And it's, it's been, I haven't had to think twice. Um, I, I believe that your opinion shouldn't be bought. And I also believe that you put the work in, you use the stuff that you believe in and you prove your worth. Then they come to you. That's yep. my philosophy. And it, it takes much longer to get, to get somewhere with that, but it's the right way to do it. In right. my opinion. I agree. And that's a very admirable uh, way to go about it. What I was going to say is there's another element of it too, where you get these kind of fly by night companies, you know, some dude tying jigs in his garage or pouring soft plastics and they reach out to you. And I've had some of these that have reached out to me, but it's always, you know, you want to be on the pro staff or something like that. And it's like, you know, mm -hmm. give you 10% off. It's like, well, I wasn't planning on buying your stuff. Like that wasn't exactly. on my yeah, list that's, of that's things. That's a about, terrible like, deal. I don't, why? <laughs> exactly. It's the same thing. It's like, why would I, I don't even know if your stuff works. Why would I, why would I commit to buying something? And then they have this list of like, things that you have to do you know post x amount on social media and it's like but you got to be you got to be kidding me do you want me to be an employee but i have to pay you out of the gate yeah that's a terrible idea I'll, yeah i'll continue I used to, to get a lot of those what i use never. and then you know we'll go from there but yeah it's yeah i agree it's uh the 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 waters uh surrounding like you know the industry as it pertains to you know pro staffs or you know, sponsored anglers or whatever is the, those waters get pretty muddy real quick um, yeah. on both, both ends of the spectrum too. So almost oh, there's people on both ends taking advantage of the system or trying to, yeah. as you just stated, and you have, you just have to be smart. Um, there's a lot of people that I, I think aren't very smart about it. Um, did you, you have, have any, did you have anybody deal. that kind of coached you through that or did you kind of learn that, nope. you know, the hard way? Um, I, I just, I didn't necessarily, I don't know if I learned it the hard way, but I just did it my way, um, from the get go. And I've had some good resources, you know, I've had, for, I have friends that are professional anglers and I, you know, get to now that I know them, I have relationships with them. I can kind of, um, feel them out for, for new opportunities or what I should be doing here and there. But from the get go, you know, I had, my inbox was flooded when I first got on Instagram with companies, just like you said, or even companies saying, here, wear my T-shirt or I'll send you some baits. And I, I, I told everybody no, everyone. Um, I had I had good taste from the start and I knew what I liked and I knew what I was what I wanted. And I just kind of I, I didn't jump on that pro staff bandwagon. I just kind of did my own thing and um, put the hard work in first. Yeah, I mean, what, and what good is having the product if you're not, you know. If it doesn't help you can't you. talk about it. You yeah. don't believe in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. transparency is big with me. If you don't know where or how to catch bass, what good is having some bass baits shipped to your house? I mean, yep. you know, it's, you're not, you're not doing yourself or that company because that's the thing. Like you could do that. It might, you know, like fake it till you make it maybe, but then, you know, companies talk. So your name comes up in a, in a certain circle. I'm like, yeah, I sent this dude some baits and he couldn't catch anything or he didn't post anything or, you know, whatever, like he just took it and ran. Like that's, you're going to. Yeah. It's a, it's a very small right industry. Yeah. yeah. Very small industry. It's it all is. about relationships. Good, good and bad. So like when I started mm -hmm. this podcast, uh, man, a year and a half ago, whatever it was, 
and I started doing the trade shows, you know, which I never really did before. I went to them, but I never didn't really, you know, I went to them as a consumer. And now I'm going to, you know, rub elbows and meet people and shake hands and, you know, be part of the industry. And it's amazing how it is, it is really small and it, that's both good and bad. And the good part is like most people so far that I've met in the industry are super cool. They're just people like you and me that are decided that this is what they're going to do for a living and, and they have a shared passion and anytime you have a shared passion or a shared interest, the conversations usually come pretty easy, you know, and that could be, that doesn't have to be hunting or fishing. That could be anything, you know, video games, if that's your thing, you know, mm-hmm. but I know it's been pretty cool. And then I had a, you know, kind of had that kick myself for not doing it sooner moment <laughs> right away. I'm like, dang it should have been doing this a long time ago but i'm getting late i'm i'm late getting into the game as it is i mean i'll be 47 here in uh a couple weeks and you know it was just a few years ago when i decided that i don't want to do my real job anymore i've always talked about you know being a guide or doing something in the outdoors and i just decided to do it i mean literally just decided to do it and that's the first step yeah and, you know, I'm not really paying the bills yet, but, you know, we're working towards that goal. Well, nobody nobody pursues their dreams and is able to pay their bills right away. That's Ex- never how that exactly. goes. Exactly. you got to do the work. And, and mm-hmm. you have to have a good, you know, either a good service or a good product. And hopefully I'm offering both of those things. But time will tell. Time will yeah. tell on that for sure. Yeah, you just got to believe in your, you got to believe in yourself and be able to adapt and take the punches and get back up. Right. So on your Instagram, uh, your profile, you have one of the lines in there that, that uh, caught my attention was, um, I'll see now I don't have it in front of me and I'm going to mess it up. Something about redefining the female angler. Mm-hmm. So Stereotype. You, yeah. Yep. Explain that. Like what, what your intent that and like how, how you go about doing that or, um, or what you think this, or what you think the stereotype is. I guess we'll start there. Well, I think, you know, that if you, if you, if you simply type in girls fishing or lady angler on Instagram or any of these platforms, you can tell pretty quickly what the stereotype is um, and what pops up and what the majority of it is. Or if you go to any of the trade shows and you walk up to the booth models in front of these companies deals and you try to talk to them, um, there's uh, and now granted, it's not, it's, it's not all of them out there, but a large percentage of, I think the, the, the women out there um, are not necessarily passionate about fishing. It's more about the attention and the, um, sort of for, I even, I even hate saying that the, the, the Insta fame, <laughs> is that, can I even say that? Ugh, you can say I whatever cringe, you I want. I like cringe when I say that <laughs> the Insta fame that comes along with all of that, but they're not anglers um, at all. Sure. And, I've, this is something, and not, not just the, with the social media issue of it, it's from working at Shields for five years up and hunting. I'd have guys walk up to me, um, when I was tuning a bow or working in the fishing department and I'd ask them like, Hey, what can I help you all with? And I'm like, well, can we talk to a sales associate? And I'm like, well, that's, I am the sales associate. And, like, and they, a lot, half of them didn't want to even give me the time of day. Um, and that, that happens a lot. I, I just fished a tournament uh, a few months ago down in Georgia and a, a guy walked up and you know, talked to me at the ramp and he's like, are you, 
there's a kayak tournament down here, right? And I said, yep. And he's like, are, are you competing? And I said, yes, I am. And he, he said something like, that's cra- That's great that they're, they allow females to fish that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not kidding. And this, this well, stuff happens. Well, he well. <laughs> I know. He was an older guy. And so, right. and I love old guys. So it's not, but it's, it's, it's that type of stuff. Um, and not only that, you know, people, I know for a long time before I got any type of, uh, notoriety on any social media stuff, I'd have people assume that I was being taken out by a guide or that my, I was with my boyfriend or husband or whatever. Um, and that was never the case. I actually guided fishing trips and hunting even for years back home on the side. Um, I, you know, I've always found my own fish. I, most of the fishing I did was a hundred percent by myself and I never, nobody at first glance would ever have given me that, would ever even thought that. And I think you know that. I think that's if you if you see a gal, you know, you, you probably assume that she's got help or that someone's, you know, she's with her boyfriend putting her on fish or she's holding somebody else's fish um, or she well, can't, you know, I think that happens a lot. Actually, for and, me, uh, just speaking for myself and, and I know what you're what you're what you're speaking of is is definitely prevalent out there. I, I see it all the time. But speaking for myself, when I see a female angler. Uh, I don't really have those thoughts. I can usually tell um, just by the way they cast or, you know, the mechanics of what they're doing if that person knows what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Like when I saw yep. your videos, like right away, I was like, she definitely knows what she's doing. She knows how to cast. She knows how to set the hook. She's, you know, even down to just tying baits on. It's like this person knows what they're doing. And I've actually thought about this the last few years, and it's, to kind of piggyback off what that the old timer said, but in a hopefully a better way, it's not so much that like I think it's cool that they let I hate that word anyways let yeah I know women <laughs> women compete. Where my brain has always gone like why aren't why aren't there more female competitors? I don't see that fishing, you know I I don't see it's where it's not advantageous. Yeah, one be, way or the other yeah. to be a guy. I don't I don't know what you know it's it's not a um, there's no strength involved i mean i guess there technically is to some extent but not not enough to i don't think it's gonna not sway. enough to make a difference yeah no. no for sure for sure not and i just like i i just don't i guess i just don't understand it even to i, I would say even when on the on the professional level bass i mean i don't even know why do they have like a separate female league or can no can a female not yet not in BASS, no. Could um, they win their way into you know, yeah, fishing abso- for the? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any anybody could. There's actually a female right now that's you have to in order to qualify for the elites, you have to fish the the opens. And there is a gal that I, she's a friend of mine that fishes the opens and has for seven years trying to qualify. It's awesome. Um, so th- there there are females out there, and there's a there's the L, I think it's called the LBAA. It's a lady bass. Um, lady bass i can't know i don't know what it stands for but and they're just a women's only deal um and there were two women that actually fished in the bassmaster classic years ago but they got in through that organization that organization allocated one spot for their aoi i believe was aoi um to then compete bassmaster classic and for obvious reasons that only lasted two years for they before they exited that um but so I mean there there are there's there are plenty of women out there and certainly there are women out there that are competent. I just don't think 
you're seeing a lot of them. Um, and I know that intimidation is a huge factor for a lot of gals, um, getting into the tournament scene. I know that I, I taught a women's only seminar last fall and a lot of the gals are just incredibly intimidated because they feel a lot of the same stuff that I did. When they go into a, a bait shop or a tackle shop, the overwhelming majority of them get ignored. They get discouraged. Um, they don't think they're being taken seriously or they, they ask a question on a forum and somebody makes them feel stupid. Um, sure. So I think intimidation probably plays a pretty big role there. So, you know, that's, that well, would that, be my guess. That's not an entirely uh, male female thing either. I mean, I, you know, when I was, getting into it i mean my main barrier for not getting into tournaments was i didn't have a decent boat you know and, right. and it wasn't until i actually got into a bass club and joined one where i'm like there was non-anglers or non-boaters in the you know like you just you got to fish the tournaments you just fished as a a non-boater i was like what that's a thing i was like dang it i would have been doing this years ago if i'd have known that i mean who you know how much would i have learned over the years if i'd have just been jumping in the boat with you know different angler every every tournament that would have been sweet but you know we all kind of put some you know we create our own blocks sometimes but then there's obviously the ones that other people do like you said in those forums like i know people can get pretty stupid on those things Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, it's not just women though. There, there, there's people that are mean to guys too. Oh, like for I've, sure. I've Absolutely. It, you know? Oh, and there's, there's brand just... shaming and, and all yeah. this oh, stuff God. that goes on. That's so... rampant. I mean, this just, mm-hmm. it's like anything, the, you have any to have kind of skin. social media. Oh, for sure. But any kind of social media arena, whether it's, you know, the forums back in the day or Facebook groups now or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, whatever the platform is, you know, there's just those people that what they like to do is troll other people and just be mm-hmm. that person that's just a dick. I mean, yep. really, I mean, that's the only way to really put it. And it honestly, yep. it doesn't even matter what the subject is. Like, they'll just they'll just be contrarian for the sake of being that person, you know? Yep. And I feel bad for that person because I don't, I don't believe when they lay their head down at night that they feel great about themselves. Can't possibly. No, no. You're, you're absolutely right. And that's what you have to remember is that it's not an issue with you. It's an issue with them. And you almost have to just feel sorry for them. I do. I mean, not even yeah. kind of like I do, like I actually have empathy. Wholeheartedly. For I don't sit there and like try to coach them or, you know, talk through them. But at, at the end of the day, I'm like, man, that's got to suck to be that guy. Cause he's just not, yeah. he's just not happy. I know that dude's not happy because happy yeah. people don't do that to other people. You know, happy yeah, people don't absolutely. try to bring other people down. It's kind of dumb, but that was a nice little tangent. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, where was I going to go with that? Mm, oh, and else on the on your Instagram, you talked about musky fishing. Do you get to do that much anymore? Or are you pouring more of your time into the bass fishing thing with the uh, uh, tournament? Uh, sadly, most of my time is dictated towards the the smaller green fish. Um, but any time, if I've got a week break between tournaments, I don't care how far I have to drive. As long as water temperatures permit, uh, I don't fish for muskie during the summer months, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll drive to my some of my little local haunts or wherever I want to. You know, I've got experience and I'll muskie fish for, you know, 10 hours straight and then get back on the road and get to the next tournament. Um, even if it's right after a, a tournament where I just pre-fished for five days and had a two-day tournament. I've, I've been on the water the very next day after a tournament at 6 a.m. musky fishing. That is what 
I love, it's my true passion. Um, and I, I just don't get to do that as much anymore. Sadly, maybe, maybe, maybe 10 times a year, 10, 12 times a year. Is, and is that like, uh, around Nebraska then? Like where's, where, I know you're on the road all the time, but do you have a home base? Like where's. No, I don't. <laughs> so it's just anywhere. Nope. Yeah, no, no. There, What's there your is, mailing there address? <laughs> like where do you get I don't have one. <laughs> Wherever I'm going to be in the next couple of days. It, that's why with, with all my orders and stuff coming in, I have to be sure. My companies know now that they reach out to me and say, hey, where are you going to be in a week or in five days? And that, so my, I've got, I've had 50 different mailing addresses. That's um, crazy. Yeah, but in doing so, I've, I have a lot of musky waters. You know, I've had a lot of experience on a lot of different parts of the country, from everywhere from Utah to Canada to, to Michigan to Minnesota to Tennessee to Virginia to North Carolina, and everything in between. So, wherever wherever I know there's musky, I'm uh, the, I guess the closest drive for me, I'm going. That's pretty awesome. Are do you find mm-hmm. some like, uh, do you find that muskies are muskies and in, in any state or do certain bodies of water or regions, I should say, obviously certain bodies of water do. I mean, a lake's going to yeah. be different than a river, but do certain for regions sure. fish substantially different? Well, yeah, for sure. Cause different regions have different forage and different habitat. So, you know, it just like, just like bass fish differently in California than they do. Um, and in, in Wisconsin, you know, it's, it's, it is different. You're different techniques. You're using different baits. Um, you're targeting different areas. So for sure. But that gives you an opportunity to really expand and, and broaden your knowledge when it comes to that subject and, and get experiment on, on different types of uh, different parts of the country. So let's say on a whim, you just you got some days you're like, there's a, you just found out that this river system in, uh, we'll just say Kentucky has uh, muskies in it. And you're like, I'm going to go fish for muskies. What's your first step? I uh, look at Google Earth immediately and plan out where I'm going to fish from there. And then are you going to, so what are you going to, st- how are you going to know what to start with as far as lure selection goes? Um, just do a quick search on what the, you know, what just the lake in general, the river system, what the main type of forage is there, um, what time of year it is, um, plays a huge role. Also, um, and then I've got about every, most every bait you can probably imagine when it comes to musky fishing. And after just a quick little research, general info about the lake, I, in time of year, I'll, that, that time of year really dictates the type of area that I'm fishing. So when I look at Google Earth and I find the area I want to, I want to target, um, then I just kind of, dep- again, time of year is big with baits too. I go pretty small um, in the spring and early late spring early summer and i go pretty big in the fall and winter typically yeah i think that's pretty standard musky fishing one one there as far as bait selection time of year goes for sure um what's um so are you doing that out of kayak too mostly 100 percent. yep that's pretty cool so what are you driving around in what's your what's your mobile uh mobile uh, home as it would be <laughs> um well we we live in a travel trailer it's a 28 foot travel trailer but i drive a honda ridgeline truck so it's got storage underneath and has i, I pretty much live out of that thing for the for the majority of it but it's you're super spacious all your bass your bass tackle mm-hmm. and rods and reels and the kayak yeah and I, I don't have a musky stuff with you and then, <laughs> like where where are you keeping this stuff 
I do not. I've in, the, in about ten years, and all the vehicles I've owned, nobody has been in my back seat because <laughs> there is no back seat. It's it's full, chock full of my gear. Mine's pretty standard too. I mean, I have to clean it out once in a while to mm-hmm. to take some people somewhere. But uh, when it yeah, when I'm rolling solo for an extended period of time, the, my back seat just becomes a an equipment hauler storage, for sure. Yeah, storage <laughs> absolutely, closet. Absolutely, <laughs> I could. I probably have winter clothes in there right now, for being honest. If it gets abnormally cold, I'm like, oh, I, oh, I think I have a coat in the back of the truck. Let me go check real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not cleaning <laughs> that thing out on a regular basis has come in handy multiple times. Finding a yep, I hear you there. Who knows what it might be. <laughs> yeah. you're pre- you have a preference, brown or green bass? Brown, hands yeah, down. That's pretty pretty standard and pretty down. standard bass yep. answer i would say yeah <laughs> i love i love those big brown fish i was watching i don't discriminate but <laughs> i was watching the the that lake st Clair one and then it got time to actually log on here and, and record this but so i didn't get to watch the rest of the episode uh did you find a seven pounder no i didn't I had I had several around six um even that, though. It. I mean, a yeah, six-pound smallmouth. Good night. I think I had three around that around that weight, but I didn't. I never got seven. I was pretty bummed about that, but that's okay. There's always. I'm going to go back. Just I'll be back on Saint Clair three times this year. So okay. We'll see. Those lakes like Saint Clair, you want to talk about the intimidation factor, and then you can throw in the kayak thing. But I always look at those big, large expanses you know, lakes like that, that are, you're not fishing shoreline structure and you're finding Mm -hmm. these offshore rock piles or ledges Mm -hmm. or or whatever they might be associated with at that given time of the year. It's like, how do you find that? Especially in a kayak, like how do you find those things? I mean, I know you got lake maps, but you know, those those aren't always uh, accurate. Yeah. I, I think those big bowls like Mill Lax and St. Clair are so easy to fish. Um, I, I run side scan exclusively and all I do is I've got touch screen on my, on my graph. And when I find what I'm exactly what I'm looking for, whether, whether they're keyed on keyed in on wood or rock or, or grass. Cause with St. Clair, a lot of times it's either rock or grass and, um, your bigger fish will be really relating to one or the other. Uh, I'll just, I'll just cover water. I'll literally cover water and, drop waypoints on every single whether it's chunk rock or whatnot that i find and i go over and just whack them i think st Clair and and those those giant bowls like that are incredibly easy to fish um i I love fishing those i think it's you know once you if you fish it enough and i fished up there for years and years to kind of understand how what those fish are doing and when it's it's awesome i think they're i think they're super easy because that's it You're, you're literally looking for structure yeah, and that I don't have the electronics, unfortunately, for that. And I if you to, don't have electronics, that's a that. I is mean, I a, have uh, electronics. I just don't have side scan. I mean, I'm rock. I need to upgrade. Have to have it. I need to yeah. upgrade my electronics on my boat, like something. Fierce. Oh yes. I'm still rocking yeah, I, like the Hummingbird Helix Five. So. Okay, I got, <laughs> like, I got you. Yeah, I was, I was kind of thinking, I was like, "What do you mean, like Saint Clair? You have side scan? So it's just, it's like taking candy from a baby." It's so, <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. As long as you know how to read your your side scan, right. and you know what you're looking for. Um, yeah, I, I would never want to fish those lakes without side scan. Uh, that'd be tough. Now, I guess you you could just troll and cover water when you catch one, drop a waypoint, see what see what that fish, why that fish was there. Uh, you could, I guess you could do that, but 
Yeah, yeah I don't I'd... troll. Homie, don't uh, troll. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I'm I'm not a I'm not a big big troller either, Trolling. unless I'm just pre fishing and graphing and for the heck of it, um, I'll I'll throw a DT six back there or something. But yeah, I mean, I guess technically I've done the same thing. Like when you're um, just, I mean, even on my little graph, I mean, you can still that. There's still a lot of information I get from that, and I will just. Oh yeah, kinda, the Helix Five is a great unit. I will just tool around and and graph stuff, and then yeah, why not have a you know cast a bait back there? It's not going to hurt you none. So so Mm-mm. technically, I guess I troll from time to time, but it's like you're killing two birds with one stone. You're covering water, you're graphing, you're doing your homework, and you might catch a fish or two in the process. Yeah, it, it definitely is like. Uh, why not? Like it's a throwaway yeah. thought. It's not. I'm not like I'm gonna go out here and troll. No. Yeah. No, that's not. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with. I'm with you there. I'm not a troller. I, I enjoy casting. Um. So, but yeah, if I'm pre-fishing, I'll, I'll throw bait back sometimes, and just just to see, you know. And so you're headed. You said Georgia, right? Is the next location. Yeah, uh, just for a couple of days, and I, I've got a. I've got a tournament on chickamauga here in a couple weeks i'm gonna start kind of hanging out in that area and fishing around chick a little bit one of my little Motsky rivers is about an hour and a half from chick um so i'll kind of alternate figuring out what the bass are doing there musky fishing and then about three days for that tournament i'll be on chick exclusively what's the season structure like on that uh for those kayak tournaments uh january through december oh wow (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I was just well, you mentioned earlier that you goose hunt too. So I'm like, where are you finding time to, to, to squeeze that in? I, I haven't goose hunted in a year, two years Ooh, now, actually. Yeah. That's terrible. Yep. I was a big spring turkey hunter. I loved, uh, those were my favorite things in the world was spring turkey hunting, and I haven't done that in two years. Um, but I'm actually hoping to do that's what I, I brought my bow and my blind and decoys and my calls and everything out from Nebraska. So I'm actually hoping to do some of that before season closes here in Tennessee. Um, I've got, there's some public land around Chickamauga that I'm actually going to try to hunt too and musky fish and pre-fish for the tournament. We'll see and, how that goes. And, and. <laughs> Hobbies. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough to hunt. And write some articles. When, yeah. It's tough to hunt hard when you're, when you're fishing tournaments. And edit videos. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's nonstop. Yeah, it's a. I hate to say the the cliche. It's a grind because that gives that gives the connotation that you're not enjoying it. You know. Yeah. I was guiding snow goose hunting this spring, and I I literally wasn't home for two months. I mean, I was just I was on the road. I mean, I was just out there every day, whether I had clients or not. And from well before the sun came up to well after the sun went down, and you know they're like, man, how's how are you doing it? And like, and I really hesitated to say it was a grind because I was loving it. I mean, I didn't, right. feel like if I was at my real job and they asked me to work dark to dark, I'd been pissed. I've been like, this is some bullshit, <laughs> but no, <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. I mean, I'm loving this. This is what's, so it's, I don't feel like it's a grind. You know what I mean? So it, I know that's a term that gets tossed around a lot, but I don't know. It's a, when it comes to this kind of stuff and even the podcasting stuff, like I, I, Speaking of goose hunting, I, I did a podcast with uh, Nick A. Johnson last night, and had to. He didn't get off work until ten o'clock or whatever it was, so we didn't even start the podcast till well after eleven. I was up till damn near two o'clock. I mean, it's like that's well, not my usual. I'm usually in bed by nine, <laughs> you know. But it's like, do what you got to do. 
you know, I mean, so I'm going to be a little tired today. Big deal. Let's just, yep. Willing, I'm willing to be tired. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's it's not bad. What are your um, what's your goals? Short term, long term. Oh boy! I mean, I would assume um, a goal would be to win, you know, a championship here in the in the tournament. That would be. Yeah, I've already done that. One. So I mean, can that be? Can that be another like a repeat goal? Sure. I mean, you're not okay. fishing to not. You're not fishing to not win. I assume. Right. Right. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a. I mean, that was a goal at one time, and I won a big championship, and I won another, and I won another, and and I qualified for worlds and then all this stuff came. I was like, well, now what? Um, but one of my big goals that I don't, I don't talk about a lot, but I allude to every now and then is, you know, one day I do want to make that, that switch over to the bass boat world and fish the bass opens and try to qualify for the elites. Um, I, that's, that's been a goal for a while. And I'm just trying to decide when the timing's going to be right, um, to make that move. What, what would be determining factors in that? Well, a couple things. Um, the the one thing being the biggest, you know, believe it or not, kayak fishing and, and fishing out of a boat are not only you don't two different mentalities, but your mechanics are slightly different also. Oh, um, more when than I'm slightly. Skip, yeah, when I'm skipping docks or skipping cover and stuff, I'm a lot closer to the water, and I, I know my cast, I know my hook set, um, you know, flipping, pitching, all that stuff. I I know. I'm a lot closer to the water. So the casting is just different. Um, the guys in the bass boat world, they've, they've done that for so long that that boat is literally a part of them. And I've got, I can back a trailer. I can drive a boat. I can run a trolling motor. I can do all that fine, but I can't do it on the level to where that boat's part of me yet. Um, so I would want to spend a, a, a big amount of time, you know, a substantial amount of time in a boat before I, I even got onto that, onto that level and, um, and competed in the opens with all these guys that are so hungry to do the same thing that I want to do. And that's right. Qualify for the elites. And then, you know, I'd love to qualify for the classic and be on that stage. I mean, who, what, what person that loves who to fish wouldn't? doesn't want to, yeah. right? Of be... course, that's a goal. That's a lofty goal. It's yeah. a very lofty goal that I, I want to be on that classic stage. And something keeps telling me that I'm going to do it, um, one day, which it sounds crazy, but I've done crazier things. So yeah, why not? I mean, go for it. I mean, if you, you know, you start, you, if you reach a point in your kayak career where, you know, like say like, well, I did that. Now what, you know, and you're, you need another lofty goal to go after. Why, why not? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see any reason not to, I mean, you know, I'm just doing local tournaments myself and clubs, but you know, I thought, you know, these opens are opens. I mean, you know, for me, the only barrier is uh, monetary. So, I mean, I would I would love to just chase these opens all over if I could afford to mm-hmm. do it. I mean, that'd be great. And right. Just to, just to see what I can do. I know I'd more than likely get my ass handed to me day in and day out, but you're never going to learn faster, you know, yep. being surrounded by just quality sticks. The best. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. And literally. That, that's, the experience alone would be great. You know, that's why I want to fish them and just, just understand it. I actually signed up to be a marshal at the Chickamauga Bass Elite event, um, but obviously got canceled. So, it, and right. it got rescheduled to my muskie trip on St. Clair in October, and I'm not, so I can't do that. So, <laughs> has there um, has there been much of an effect on the kayak tournament? Yeah. Unfortunately, um, our, all of our tournaments in may have been canceled all of them in april were canceled uh well not i guess i say may uh 
BASS was supposed to have that second one on Chickamauga. That did get canceled, but uh, the local guys are putting on a tournament in its place um, as a bass recruitment tournament. So I'm fishing that, but the big national ones have all been canceled, uh, postponed, um, which unfortunately I had Pickwick, Chickamauga, and Erie, which those three lakes are all lakes that I've I, I won. I've won a tournament on Chick. I've won a tournament on Pickwick. I'm, I've got a top five on Lake Erie. I'm super confident on those. So I was just like, dang it. And especially these times of the year, this is a very, I have a lot of confidence this time of year and on those bodies of water. It's just like just a knockdown after a knockdown, seeing these tournaments get canceled that I was looking forward to since they've been scheduled. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a drag. Yeah. That's okay though. Yeah. I mean, everybody is, we're all suffering together as, as it comes, right. to, comes to that. So Hopefully, hopefully we start coming out of the haze. I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. It seems, anyways. I did hear something that uh, aren't isn't isn't bass starting the season here pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah, I just got the email today, actually. Yeah, I might have. That, just, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who I was talking to, but said they're gonna they're getting ready to fire it back up. So. Yep. They are. Um, I think they're, uh, you know, a couple of them got rescheduled, but I did get that. Yeah, here it is. Um, June 10th and Eufaula will be when they're up and rolling again. June 10th. Okay, so we got mm -hmm. a few weeks yet. Yeah. To prepare for that. That'll be fun. You have Absolutely. A, um, the bass, the, so top – Big five or MLF style? Do you have a preference? Yeah, I, I'm a go big or go home. I, I love that the you know, and that's my my philosophy when I'm when I'm tournament fishing is I'm not going for a limit. I'm going for the five fish to take it home for the majority of the time. Um, that's it's two completely different mentalities. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's, and that's I, different fishing uh, styles for sure. Yeah, and I, I love the I love the five, the five. Five hear, by three. <laughs> I hear that a lot from a lot of tournament anglers. Um, mm -hmm. No, I I liked the MLF format when it first started. When it was like the anglers didn't know the lake, they got to you know drive around for fifteen minutes or whatever. And I liked the element of who can figure out the water fastest. Like I thought there was there was some merit to that. But then once they got to you know getting to pre-fish a whole lake, and then that kind of takes on a different thing. But I mean, there is still a different strategy. You know, it's not like very different. Um, you know, you roll the dice. Do I want to try to catch twenty-five pounders for a hundred? You know, hundred pounds, or do I want to catch one hundred one pounders? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's there. There's still a strategy that you need to go after and, and a game plan to execute. So, I don't want to diminish that from the top five. Oh, no. But I, I know that no. a lot of the you know, the big, I think a lot of the, the, it seems like a lot of the fans, you know, I, I, I don't, um, I've been on social media a little bit more lately because of the downtime and I've seen some of the comments and stuff. And it seems like there's a lot of people like just they're public. And we talked about this. People can be, you know, there's a lot of haters out oh, there, yeah. but it seems like MLF gets a lot of criticism. They do. They get, they get a lot of shade thrown their way and yeah. you know, the mental league fishing or whatever, you know, some, you know, they're just catching little fish. And, you know, it's kind of the same argument that can be made. Like a lot of walleye guys talk shit to the bass guys and vice versa. 
but you know they just in general they're like any kid can catch a bass and and i like that little actually i like that little back and forth when it's tongue-in-cheek and everybody's having a good time but a lot of people take it too far and they take it too serious but it's like well if you really think that bass fishing is that easy why don't you go win some money exactly yeah i mean those are a lot of keyboard people talking yeah i mean if it's that easy if you're so much better of an angler because you're a walleye guy, why don't you pick up a, you know, a rubber worm and 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 go make some money? I mean, there's mm-hmm. big money to be made bass fishing. And Absolutely. Yeah, there's, yeah there, and there's some walleye trails, but it's definitely not as big as bass fishing is. So you're yeah. kind of kind of on your we own. Had a, <laughs> we had a lot of guys that thought that when uh, BASS announced the kayak trail, there were guys that fished the coasts, bfls uh, bass open so you're know, all these these boat guys that came and fished that kayak tournament because they were like shoot that's got to be the you know cakewalk it was 10 the winner got 10 grand and a lot of our tournaments pay five to ten grand and um i, I remember n- none of those guys may even cash a check wow well it <laughs> is a like different thing like you said the mechanics it of it and yeah. you can't run a gun you know you kind of gotta mm-hmm. you gotta actually methodically pick an area apart Right, yeah, and you know, win, lose, or draw. When the, the area you choose to fish, it's like, well, this is where I'm at because I, yep, you I, better not mess up. I don't <laughs> have better. a chance to run ten miles, you know, to the other yeah. side. Like, just you don't, you just don't. You got to pick your poison, kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. Which you know, I think there's definitely a lot of merit there. Like I said, you you learn to pick apart a section of the lake, and you know. I think a lot of that gets overlooked with boat anglers because they can just run when the, the bite's not yeah, on. Yeah, just let's go. Let's pick up mm-hmm. and find active fish somewhere 25 miles upstream. You know, it's like, yeah. wow. So you might even you might even bail too early or, you know, might even in a way make you a lazier fisherman because you're just, oh, they're not doing this style. They're not biting the way I want them to bite here. Let's go find another spot where maybe they will instead of figuring that bite out where they're at, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Which you're forced to do in a kayak, pretty much. Yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah. When, my, when my buddy was fishing some of these tournaments there around, um, I think he did one on like Lake Norman. Um, it was a pretty big one. Yeah, and that's kind of one thing I noticed was like, wow, those payouts are actually pretty decent. Yeah, they're they're surprised. really good. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, I think I can't remember. Well, the, the, the top few with the best one was pretty good. I got 20th and I think I got $500. My entry was 250. Um, they paid the top 40, like 48 places got paid, I believe. And how um, many anglers? 240. Holy smokes. That's a lot of kayaks. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, <laughs> boy, it was. One that's, of the bigger so ones how did they had. organize that? Like that's not all at one landing. No, 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 <laughs> no, we can launch any public ramp. Okay. And so, so the, the lakes that they're picking, I assume they're bigger bodies of water then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Like I said, most of ours, out. Kentucky Lake, Pickwick, Logan Martin. We don't, yeah, we, we never fish small bodies of water. I mean, Norman is huge. Um, yeah, they're all big. Does the trail come up to Minnesota? Uh, it doesn't. No, we'll be on lacrosse though. Uh, that's pretty close. I mean, it's yeah, just, I love lacrosse. I'm excited on for the that other one. Side of the river. Yeah. Yeah, I can be... see Minnesota from there. Yes. <laughs> okay, Sarah Palin. Um, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I've never fished down there. Uh, it's an awesome it, fishery. It looks I awesome. Across. I've I had yeah. like shortly after I bought my boat, I we went down there just the wife and I just for a just a weekend, and I kind of just you know went for a boat ride. I didn't really fish, and I was blown away. I was like, I didn't even know this kind of water existed. Mm-hmm. Vast expanses of lily pad flats, and like I was just I was like, what? What is what? I had no idea. Yeah. It's, it's such a diverse fishery there. You can, no matter what your preference is, you can do it. You can flip, you can frog, you can, you can do whatever you want. And so are you in that sense, would you be trying to catch smallmouth then? No, probably not. Um, I, I, there's some, I've got some pretty good large mouth areas on, on that one. So I, I'll probably be targeting green fish, but one of my areas, actually, I won a tournament up there a couple of years ago, um, on a mixed bag. So there is a possibility um, that there are smallmouth that are very close to this area. So who knows? We'll uh, see what they we'll see what they tell me before it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, how much time do you get to pre-fish for these tournaments? Um, I think you know I, I can I, I can usually take as much as I want, but I think three days is the magic number. Okay. I try to keep it three full days Keeps on the, the water. Whatever the bite window is or the pattern. Yeah. And you don't, you know, some guys take a week to pre-fish. I mean, I think that just starts getting into your head. Um, by the end, you know, you start having too much stuff and too many things, too many options. And I feel like if I, if I have three days, I can pick a few areas, um, break them down and then kind of understand and what I need to do from there. That, that usually is, that's my magic number. Yeah, three days. I could see that. I, I could definitely see that. And plus, you know, things can change in a week mm-hmm. depending on the time of year you know in the spring mm-hmm. and fall one week can be five degrees you know water temp yeah easy absolutely. that absolutely. changes everything do you do much saltwater fishing yeah Probably. i do i mean maybe yep. not as much as you'd like to now that you're on the bass circuit <laughs> yeah probably not as much um but i get to do it quite often um you know we're, we're on the coast quite a bit and i grew up doing a lot of salt fishing too so i try to just kind of like musky um if i if i'm in the area uh, i love to switch it up you know bass fishing me kind of monotonous sometimes so as, as often as i can get out there and chase some bowls out and on you know inshore or get out there for snook or even get way out and i caught a sailfish a long time ago oh in a kayak God, and it was awesome be, that would be amazing i've never caught a yeah. sail so i've only really fished for them one time but out of a kayak, I highly that recommend. Would be yeah, amazing. on a kayak, it's it's incredible. I mean, you're, they literally take you for a sleigh ride. For sure, it's, I can only awesome. imagine. So, how what was the technique to catch the sailfish out of a kayak? Um, that was uh, I was vertical jigging and then had a a blue runner on a balloon rig behind my kayak, and it was live bait to live bait on my the rod behind me. Okay. Hmm. So. Yeah, yeah there, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff out there. You're using live bait or vertical jigging. I was doing both. Yeah, you kind of have to. Because I was like, well, you ain't. I don't think you control quite fast enough. Man, all those. You, well, yeah, probably, yeah probably, had to be tough. Yeah. What are <laughs> What are they usually doing when they're? I know I I troll plenty. You know, I can I can sustain about four miles an hour. Oh, they're um, going way faster than that. Yeah, I think I was, with with salt, they're up to like almost double that sometimes. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they. Yeah, haul ass when they're really yeah. trying to cover water. Yeah, those pelagic fish can can turn it on when they want to. <laughs> Man, it's something else. So we last time we were in the Keys, we did a little bit of trolling like that, and 
Yeah, we were going pretty fast, and I think it was, uh, dang, was it a big macro, or is it a Wahoo? No, it was a macro, big king macro hit, and I was like, I just can't even believe it. Like, I feel like we're going too fast, you know? We're like, no, this is what everybody told us to troll at, and like, this is crazy. And then, boom, Rod goes off. I'm like, how can they even catch up to that? It's just yeah, it's nuts. Wild. It is, yeah. No, I love saltwater fishing. I don't get to do it nearly as much as I'd like to being right in the middle of the country but i'm headed down to charleston here at the end of the month so my my brother lives there he's got a boat right in the mm, that's the mecca right look up harbor. justin carter justin carter yep he's a good friend of mine st croix guy as well he's a guy he's one of the best guides in that area he's awesome right on let him know i'm coming we'll do a podcast <laughs> yeah, he, he's he, he's a character i'll tell you i'll tell you right now he's a character but justin he's good he's good carter. people i gotta remember that name Wish carter yep pencil i'd write it down when i got nothing but all right well i'm gonna let you get going here i've already taken an hour of your time although i'm having a really good conversation this is awesome yeah absolutely it was fun very good i really appreciate it yeah Um, not a problem how can people uh find you and give everybody your details on your youtube channel and all that good stuff um well mid mid, mid goodness i'm (laughs) tongue-tied now i've got to give a presentation in an hour oh no uh (laughs) yeah um midwest fisher gal is my instagram uh i, th- I think uh, i'm still pretty new to youtube but i think it's just christine fisher and then i'm also on i have a facebook page as well for christine fisher so that is how you can find me i post most all my stuff on on instagram but um all all my tournaments will be up on youtube as well yeah and i've been following you on instagram for a while i didn't i guess i didn't even really see if you had a facebook or not but uh i'll i'll be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel and appreciate that yeah absolutely um one of the big things about when i started this podcast was do as much as i can do you know promote other people and help everybody you know achieve their goals and their dreams and i'm doing it so whatever i can do on my end to help to help you out then that's what i'm gonna do so i appreciate I'll, I'll that that's my, awesome do my best Alrighty, that sounds good. It was great talking to you and have a good rest of your evening. You too, thank you very much. Bye. Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.